0: As the one person once told me as I was getting dressed down by the first sergeant, he says, What part of no don't you understand? And, uh, <laughs> and so uh, that's where we're at today. We're going to look at must and see what we can understand from that. John chapter 3. The word must shows up there five times in that, well, four times in that chapter, and once in John, in John chapter 4, it shows up once. The story of Nicodemus, who came to Christ by night, this is not about the story of Nicodemus, but it's where we're at. We will vary one time and go over to the book of Numbers, I think, about chapter... Chapter 21 for just a little bit, but that's where we're going to park. And most of you are familiar with, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Then he argues with uh, Nicodemus and endeavors to argue with Christ about how he can be born again. And he says, and Jesus answered again in verse 5, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. There you see a capital S. And on uh, what prompted me was the study we're doing in evenings about the Holy Spirit. There you see the Holy Spirit mentioned in the form of capital S is Spirit. And here's the verse where we're going to pick on today. Then we'll go over to seven more verses over to verse 14. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. There's no other way to get to heaven except through Jesus Christ. That word must is not something like you should. It's not something like you ought to be. Of course, that's Texan for you. But it's it's very final and authoritative. You must. I know when my dad said must when I was a kid, there was consequences if must didn't happen. Just like here, there are consequences in verse 7 if must does not happen. You will fall short of the mark. That's what sin is called. It's short of the mark. And you will go to hell if you're not born again. That's simple and straightforward. You must be born again. God's very consequential consequential about that and very emphatic about how you have to be born again. He didn't come down to this earth and and suffer on the cross for an example to us, for just an example for us. He did that for a purpose, to fulfill God's word in obedience to his heavenly Father, and he sacrificed himself, gave himself for us, and took upon the penalty of our sins, us missing the mark, that we could get to heaven. No other way, no other way, except to be born again. And it's likened to be born again because it's a new birth in Christ onto eternal life. It's not something you can lose. It's you can't get unborn. Well, you can get unborn, you can get killed, <laughs> you can die. But when you get born again, you'll never die in the spirit. You'll live forever in the capital S for spirit, and you'll be ushered into eternity and stand there next to your Savior as the judgment comes. And the Lord will bless you, and he will give you grace, and he will intercede on your behalf, Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit will intercede on your behalf, and you won't have to suffer the consequences of your sin because when you get born again, you accept what Jesus Christ did on the cross, and he suffered those consequences, and with that new birth, You are exempt from those. When you stand before the Heavenly Father, God the Father will look over and say, you did this and you did that. No, he won't even have to. You'll know it. The accuser will be there, and he'll say you did this and you did that. Jesus will step forward and say, he's born again. I gave my life for him on Calvary's tree. Him and everybody else who comes forward in their faith and puts their faith and trust in what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary for each one of us. Once you've done that, you're on your way to heaven. Now, they might say, whether thou is well done, thy good and faithful servant, that's another matter, but you're on, you got the tickets, you're in the door, you crawled down the fire escape, so to speak, and you've been spared eternal damnation eternal torment, eternal suffering, eternal flame, eternal thirst. It is just terrible to comprehend that forever and ever and ever. To avoid that, ye must be born again. Let's go on now and look at the next must. The wind bloweth whether it listeth, and thou heareth the sound thereof, and but thou Canst not tell whence it come and whether it goeth, so is everyone that is born of the spirit. We're talking about spiritual things, not physical things. He's trying to lift Nicodemus up from the law to grace. Nicodemus was a learned man and knew the scriptures that had been given to him to that day and age, and he was a student of the law, and he kept wanting to do right just to get to heaven. I'm not doing right just to get to heaven now. I'm doing right because I know I'm going there. I'm, doing, I'm serving God out of gratitude. And you know it's, I'm not doing it for the pay. <laughs> you, there's, there is a wonderful Lord, and once you accept him as your personal Savior and come to terms with that, you will understand what it is to be born again. You must be born again. Then we go down to about verse 13. And no man hath ascended up to heaven. Jesus Christ is explaining, well, we'll start in 11. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we do know and testify that we have seen and have received not our witness, and ye receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that cometh down from heaven. Did you catch that in verse fourteen or thirteen? And no man has sent it up to heaven until this time. Nobody went to heaven except maybe Elijah and Enoch, was it? And that was it. And he come down from heaven, and but he that cometh down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven, explaining to the. Uh, Nicodemus, who he was, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. So the first must is you've got to be born again. Amen. The second must, and he's talking to a man who eventually accepted him as his personal Savior and sacrificed and served him later on in his life when he was there, when he took Jesus off the cross and put him in a, a tomb. But the second must is, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even must the Son of Man be lifted up. So as Christians, we must be born again if we're truly Christians. Christian means to be Christ-like. And if we accept Christ as our personal Savior, we need to lift him up. It doesn't say we should lift him up. It doesn't say it'd be great for you to lift him up. What does it say? It says we must. We must lift him up. How do you lift up Christ? Go over there to the one diversion I wanted to give you. And that is in the, in the illustration they gave us. As, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even must the son of man be lifted up? Go to Numbers chapter 21 verse 9. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, back to the Old Testament. As Brother Russell talked about salvation in every book of the Bible, you'll see salvation demonstrated here in the book of Exodus amongst a mixed multitude of people, basically Jewish people, but they were a mixed multitude. And they had a problem when they were getting out into the, uh, to the they left Egypt. Let's pick it up about verse, verse 5. Numbers chapter 21. And as the people spake against Moses and against, uh, against God and against Moses, wherefore have ye brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loatheth this light bread. Boy, my wife and I were debating the other day if we were going to buy raisin bread. You know, and that's good stuff, you know, in the morning with a little toast it and smother it and butter. You know, I like some of the things of this world. And so were those people there. They were complaining to Moses. And this is a good place to jump on defense of a pastor. And I've often preached from this passage in that regard. When you murmur against Moses, you're murmuring against God. You're murmuring against God. And, uh, Let's just keep moving. And the Lord set for a fiery serpent amongst the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the people said unto Moses, Make thee a fire." And the lord excuse me said unto moses make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole and it shall come to pass that every one that is bitten when he looketh up upon it when he looketh upon it shall live and moses made the serpent of brass and put it upon the pole and it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man any man any man when he beheld the serpent of brass he lived You look upon the cross, and as the sinner who was crucified next to him looked upon the cross at Calvary, it isn't a real complicated system. It isn't real difficult to do. Lord, remember me. Lord, forgive me, and you shall be saved. You'll be born again, because God made it a requirement. You don't have to be a mechanical engineer. You don't have to be an electrical engineer. brother Plate isn't here this morning. You don't have to have a doctorate degree, as our doctor does in the back. You don't have to have all that to get saved. All you have to do is look upon God, look upon the cross, look upon and trust Jesus and take him at his word, and realize that you must be born again. And as you prostrate yourself before him, physically, mentally, spiritually, he will save you. And it doesn't take but an act in your heart to accomplish that. Now, we're told we got to lift him up. How do you lift him up? Each and every day. Each and every day you have an opportunity to lift up Christ. You have a chance to lift up Christ with your testimony of salvation. You have an opportunity to lift up Christ in believer's baptism. You have an opportunity to lift up Christ by going to church on Sunday. You have an opportunity to lift up Christ by joining a local church. You have an opportunity to lift up Christ by becoming active in a local church. Oh, am I getting hung up somewhere? You have an opportunity to lift up Christ by reading your Bible. You have an opportunity to lift up Christ by giving someone else a Bible. You have an opportunity to lift up Christ by trying to live your Bible. You have an opportunity to lift up Christ every day. You have an opportunity to lift up Christ by giving. You have an opportunity to lift up Christ by not only giving of your monetary value, you have an opportunity to lift up Christ by giving of your time. You have an opportunity to lift up Christ by giving of your of your attire, what you wear. You have an opportunity to lift up Christ by the songs you sing. You have an opportunity to lift up Christ by the songs you play. You have an opportunity to sing and lift up Christ. You have an opportunity to pray and lift up Christ. You must lift up Christ. I didn't say that. It's written in my Bible in red. Jesus said that. The Son of Man must be lifted up. The Son of Man must be lift up. Oh, and the last one I got, and if you're wondering where I got that from, I got that from the little blue book that we're going to be going through in Sunday school. Those are the chapters out of this book right here. The last one's missions. Soul winning. And you want one there, Brother Jim, will make sure you have one in the back. We'll be looking at it from time to time through the summer this Sunday school. We'll all be centered around this as we move through it. And so you have an opportunity to lift up Christ every day, every opportunity. You must lift him up. The thief at the cross, how did he lift up Christ? He testified to the other thief at the cross. He says, we, we deserve what we're getting. This man has done nothing wrong. It's that easy. Nicodemus lifted up Christ at the coffee maker. Yeah, they had a coffee maker there in Israel. And all the Hebrew scholars went there, you know, and they went around and they talked about this guy who was running around Israel at the time, calling himself a prophet, and that he was healing people. And some said, he's got to die. We got to kill him before he changes everybody's attitude about the law, which they loved. And Nicodemus says, this isn't the way it should be. Uh, this man has done nothing wrong. He defended him at the coffee station. Then later when Christ died, when he gave himself for us on the cross, and he hanged, hung there, he stepped out from the Sanhedrin and the Pharisees and identified himself with a criminal even again and touched the dead body on the, uh, through the Passover or just before the Passover and defiled himself, made a humiliation of himself to take that body off the tree. He went through the steps of must. He had to show people he was saved. He had to act as if he was saved. He had to obey the spirit in his conscience. That's what it's all about. Let's go back to John, look at the third must. John chapter 3, 14 we were at, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up. Jesus Christ had to do it. He wants us to lift him up as well. Go over to verse 30. We see John the Baptist was very popular, was a prophet in his day, separated himself from the world, uh, practiced and indulged in God's word to the. Extreme point of views. He was picked by God to be a double witness unto Christ. And when they questioned him, what did he say? In verse 30, this is, this is the greatest man that walked this earth in God's eyes. Jesus Christ's eyes. He said, no man is born of a woman is greater than he. And in verse 30, he said, he must refer to Jesus Christ. He must increase, but I must decrease. As he neared his own death, he realized a man who gave his whole life for his cousin, who died on a tree for us, who gave his life for us. He realized he must. Jesus must increase in our lives and we must decrease. We're not the ones that, we're, I'm not going to see what my, I'm not living for my legacy. I, I'm not living for my legacy. I blew that a long time ago. <laughs> I'm not living for my inheritance. I blew that a long time ago. I'm living for Christ. I'm trying to increase in Christ. I'm trying to lift him up. I'm decreasing to myself and increasing, letting Christ increase in me. Each one of us need to live for Christ. Let him increase in us so that we others can see Christ in us. How do you do that? Well, we just talked about it, didn't we? We talked about Uh Go back to Numbers, and I will review it one more time, just in case it sounds too complicated. Exodus chapter 22 or 23 it was. Numbers, there you go, thank you. Yeah. I'll cheat and look at my notes. Salvation, service, and sacrifice is what I have in my notes. But Numbers chapter 21, verse 9 is where I wanted to use for my jump off. And what do you know, it opens right up. And in the margin, I got salvation, salvation. Baptism, church, Bible, giving, and missions. You want to lift up Christ, that's how you do it. You want to increase Christ, magnify your Savior, that's how you do it. Simple as a road map. Less of you and more of him. I don't think I need to do that. You know, I can go in the woods and, and out on my boat and... I can uh, I can give him Sunday mornings, but I can't give him much more than that. And I can I can go fly a kite anytime I want. I don't have to give God any special time, any special offerings, any special anything. No. You can defy God. You're gonna suffer consequences for it. You're gonna suffer consequences. Oh, you'll get to heaven, alright. That word must is going to be hanging on the wall in heaven. It is. It's going to apply to salvation. It's going to apply to service. It's going to apply to sacrifice. It's going to to ring true. And God's going to show you what success you could have had if you'd have let yourself give into God and follow Him. He gives you the advice there in John chapter 3. You must follow it if you want to be successful in this life. Let's all stand.